At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight, and we've got a tremendous hour for you guys. We're going to be taking a look at some MLB games for Tuesday. Also going to be diving into the NBA futures market here in the first segment because there is a lot going down in the association. We've been seeing a bunch of trades. We've seen billions of dollars signed in contracts over these last few days. I think that it's going to be a very, very good and fun season in general. And right now we're not seeing a breakaway favorite in terms of futures markets. So we're going to be diving into that as well. And if you want to missing my DK Nation pick that I wanted giving out for baseball for Tuesday, I'm going to be hitting that in the final segment in about 45 minutes. So we've got all the bases covered here, but how about if we wind up taking a look at the futures market in the NBA to be able to start off with as it was a little bit more of a relaxed day on Monday in the NBA. It was the 4th of July, so I'm sure that many of the executives and many of the folks looking to sign contracts, they were out there eating burgers and hot dogs, much like myself, being able to take a little bit of a day off, and they'll be back at it on Tuesday. As one of the biggest thing that we've seen over the last 48 hours was Goran Dragic deciding that he was going to be signing with the Chicago Bulls, not necessarily much of a game-changer for them. And honestly, I don't necessarily hate the Chicago Bulls in terms of the futures market, but been a little bit more of a dry last 48 hours. So things have remained relatively stagnant in terms of the top teams. Right now, the Boston Celtics, after they wound up being able to make the trade for Malcolm Brogdon, they are finding themselves the favorite at DraftKings, plus 550. And obviously, you want to be shopping around a little bit like you're going to find from market to market, these numbers are going to be varying quite a bit, and you just wind up finding that in the futures in general. But Suns, Clippers, Warriors, they're all at 6-1. Bucks are at plus 650. The Miami Heat, the LA Lakers, they're 11-1. The 76ers are at 12-1. And then you got quite a few teams in the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and the Memphis Grizzlies, hovering between 16 and 17-1. to But I do take a look at some of these teams at the top, and they just don't wind up belonging. I recognize that the LA Lakers might wind up being in play a little bit for one of the guys out there with the Nets that are requesting a trade. But, man, I mean, with the LA Lakers, you've got a guy, LeBron James, that has been playing at a really high level for his age. It's absolutely magnificent what we've seen. But, I mean, even if they wind up being able to get in, say, a Kyrie Irving, I don't know how that winds up going a second time around because we're just seeing it with Kyrie Irving. He's got more drama around him than a 14-year-old teenage girl. It's been really bad to take a look at. And right now, with regards to odds for 
Kyrie Irving and his ex-team, this was via DraftKings, he wound up when it was last on the board being at 4-1 to for the Lakers. And the Nets, it's at 6-1 to as well. And there's a possibility that you could wind up seeing Irving and also Kevin Durant wind up returning to their old team. But that said, you've also got the Mavericks at a 12-1, to 15-1 to on the 76ers. And I'd want no part of the 76ers if Kyrie Irving is on that team. I could not imagine Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving being able to coexist with one another. That wouldn't necessarily be too great. And then you would have James Harden back in the fold as well. So, boy, that wouldn't necessarily be too terrific. But I just don't think that whoever winds up getting Kyrie Irving necessarily puts themselves in the best position to be able to win a title because when it's not one thing when this with this guy, it's another. And we can wind up making the case of, yeah, it's sort of unprecedented situations that we've seen the last few years just with regards to the world of life in general. But gosh, I mean, with Kyrie Irving, even when he's out there on the court functioning well, firing at all cylinders, he's still a little bit injury prone. This all the way goes back to his days at Duke when he was playing over there. He wanted playing some of the fewest games ever for what we've seen out of a number one overall pick in college. So there's a long track record of that. There's the just off the court things that you just don't know what it's going to be with him. It's not necessarily to agree slash disagree with his positions. It's just the fact that something always crops up with him. If it's not this, it's that. And you have to deal with all the noise. And even when he's out there on the court, it just sometimes get the feel that he's not necessarily the most competitive guy in the world after the team, the Nets, wound up getting completely swept out of the NBA playoffs. One of the most embarrassing seasons that we have seen for an NBA team in a long time. Instead of being upset, instead of being like, man, what wound up happening like Kevin Durant was doing, there was Kyrie Irving just shaking hands, buddy-buddy, with all the Boston Celtics guys. And, I mean, I understand that this doesn't involve like metrics or anything like that, but I would rather be taking a chance on a guy that was as mad as you know what that his team just wound up getting bounced out of the playoffs in ridiculously embarrassing fashion that his team wound up being one of the biggest disappointments along with the LA Lakers that we have seen in the history of basketball rather than being like, ah, you know what? We got slipped. Everyone was expecting us to win a title. And you know what? We won as many as many NBA playoff games as Greg Peterson. You know what? It's all good. That's not what I want out of a guy. So I don't know. I just do not feel necessarily bullish about them. And just what we've seen in the NBA in general, these teams that are winning titles right now, you know what they're doing? They're utilizing that thing called the draft and they're utilizing it really well. Like I take a look at what the Utah Jazz are doing right now. Obviously you don't want to be taking a look at them with regards to the 2022-23 futures market because they want to just trading away Rudy Gobert. Who knows what's going to be happening next? I thought it was very interesting what Ryan Winors wound up saying and, as we all know, he has become a big giant meme for putting up the fingers and everything like that as to what's going to be happening with them. But, I mean, you take a look at what Danny Ainge wanted being able to build up with the Boston Celtics, just acquiring picks upon picks. And now the Boston Celtics are going to be finding themselves in the title hunt for the many, for the foreseeable future. Right now, they're atop of the futures market because they did a good job being able to team up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two guys that. You guess it. They wound up getting selected in the draft. They wound up picking up the Time Lord Robert Williams, not necessarily an overly highly heralded player. He has turned out to be terrific for the team. I recognize that Derek White didn't wind up having the greatest finals in the world, but I mean that trade wound up working out very well for this team. They took a chance on a first-year coach in Mr. Yudoka, and you know what? That's right now working out very swimmingly as well. So 
I think that when it comes to just these teams and the way that they wind up being able to build themselves up, it's so important. Look at the 2021 title winners in the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a guy that wound up having a ridiculous ceiling, but many people viewed it as maybe a little bit of a reach at 15 where you were just trying to hope to be able to fight, hope to be able to strike lightning in a bottle and you know what? They were able to do that. And then some with Giannis, you wind up having a second round pick in Chris Middleton. That worked out. Now they did wind up having to pick up a piece in Drew Holiday to be able to go with these guys. And that's what I think free agency really should be for. This isn't necessarily the teams that are winding up signing these splash guys that are going to make north of $150 million. It's being able to take the number three banana in your roster, being able to find a formidable starter that's going to be maybe a little bit of a defensive stopper, give you some rebounding, be able to do a solid job, which is why I just don't necessarily feel great about the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. They wind up being able to get Rudy Gobert, but if Rudy Gobert winds up going for four first-round picks, a guy that was just a first-round pick in Walker Kessler and three other players, what are you going to be able to give up for Kevin Durant that is going to be on par with that? A team that would be able to get Kevin Durant they would have to give up darn near everything that they've got. And yeah, that's great that you've got Kevin Durant. And now you've got Kevin Durant playing along with four bags of gravel. Congratulations. And that's just not, it, it's just not going to be able to work out in general. So I take a look at the features board right now. And if you're like myself, that you think that the biggest thing for a lot of these teams is to be able to develop, to be able to build through the NBA draft. Standing bad right now and letting the odds wind up coming down on a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. Coming down, perhaps, if the Miami Heat do not wind up getting Kevin Durant. Because if the Heat do not wind up getting Kevin Durant, I think this team has some upside. Jimmy Butler, we wound up seeing what he was able to do during the postseason. Now, he needs a little bit more help around him. And this is a Heat team that I do feel like they could use another cog because Bam Adebayo, he was sort of in, he was sort of out in the playoffs. He wound up having a couple really good games in that series against the Boston Celtics. But aside from those two really good games, he was doing a very good disappearing act for this team. But I think that that's fascinating to take a look at. The Suns are a team that has been very much tied to Kevin Durant as well. But I just don't know what to think of this team at this point because you've got Chris Paul, who's very long in the tooth. And it could be becoming in a few years where it's just a complete and utter washout if you don't wind up being able to get Kevin Durant because it would be Devin Booker and then not a lot else around him. So I think that that's interesting to take a look at as well. And I just don't know what the Clippers are doing here at 6-1. The LA Clippers are going to have Kawhi Leonard coming back into the fold, but what are you going to be able to get out of Kawhi Leonard after he wound up playing as many games as myself last season? I mean, you wound up having a couple okay performances out of some of the ancillary pieces not named Paul George, but... I don't think that the LA Clippers really warrant being a 6-1 to one right now in terms of the futures market. So there's a lot that needs to be played out, but I would say don't waste your money on a lot of these teams that they just don't provide a lot of value, even if they do wind up getting one of these star players like the LA Lakers. Just a fit that has not necessarily been too great, and we've just seen it. With so many teams, they wind up going out in free agency, they wind up going out in trades, and it has really only worked out for teams that have wound up getting LeBron James and the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, what they were able to do with Kevin Garnett and company, that wound up being a nice fit. But other than teams involving peak LeBron James in his prime and everything working out just right for them, it has been a lot of teams that they build through the NBA draft, look no further than the Golden State Warriors and what they've been able to accrue. And you know what? Maybe if the Memphis Grizzlies 
wind up just continuing what they're doing in the draft, that could be a good spot as well, obviously. You're going to need a very healthy job Moran for that. So I think that that's a good way to be able to gauge things. With regards to the NBA futures market, don't be blind. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. By all the big names, take a look at the stake. Take a look at what has been tried and true the last few years. And take a look at these teams. They're doing a great job in the NBA draft. And what we need to do a good job of is being able to gauge the Tuesday MOB betting board. Because all 30 teams are going to be in action. We saw a lot of great action in the MOB on Monday. But we've got some juicy matchups for Tuesday. I've already hit on a few of these. So how about if we want to take a look at some of the interleague games that we're going to be getting on Tuesday. That is going to be coming up next right here on The Look At on VSIN Esports Bank Network. Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And what you've got to look forward to for this Tuesday is a great baseball card. We've taken a look at a couple National League games and a couple American League games already that we've got for this Tuesday. How about if we take a look at a few interleague games? We wind up talking about this a little bit towards the back half of our number two. So how about if we wind up hitting pond 927-928? The LA Angels, they're on the road. They're facing up against the Miami Marlins at Sandy Alcantara. He's going to be going for the Miami Marlins and Noah Thor Syndergaard on the bump for the Angels. And we've seen some steam come in on the Miami Marlins. They started out right around a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite. Now, finding them in a lot of spots right around about a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Angels, anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130 is your price. Seven is your total. Under is ranging a little bit. A lot of minus 110 to minus 115 juice on that under end. I do think that you've got a little bit too low of a total here as the Miami Marlins have actually been one of the better home over teams in all of baseball. And the big reason why I do like this total over is not necessarily the starting pitchers because I do think that Sandy Alcantara, once again, is going to be able to deliver a good start. And I like this a little bit north of minus 140. So even though the steam has been coming in on the Miami Marlins, I do think that this is a relatively good price that you're getting still on the Miami Marlins. But the reason why I do like this total over Got a pair of bullpens that they have been a struggling recently as the LA Angels really don't have a lot of guys they're able to trust in, in the bullpen. Your 7th or ninth inning guys, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, along with Rossio Iglesias, all have a 3-5 ERA or greater and is very far from ideal for this team and with the Miami Marlins. Just take a look at the way the bullpen has been performing recently and it's not been great. They've got right around a 4 ERA over the last 30 days. So both of these teams have been in bad form 
in that regard. Now, you do take a look at the Miami Marlins, and the lineup has been a little bit up and down. They've been dealing with some injuries. John Birdie, along with Brian Anderson, coming back to the fold. That is going to be able to help them out, but Ode Soler, one of their top guys in terms of home runs, he is currently out of the fold. Jazz Chisholm has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment as well. He has sort of been in and out of the fold the last few days, and then for the LA Angels. You've got no shortage of firepower in terms of the lineup, but they just haven't necessarily been able to do a great job of being able to put back to ball recently. They wound up having that 20-strikeout game against the Houston Astros on Sunday, so that was very far from ideal, as these guys are just in a little bit of a funk in general, but you do have Shoyo Otani, along with Jared Walsh, a combined 29 home runs, both of these guys in between about a 255 to a 265, and not Mike Trout, who you know that he's going to be able to bust out. He had a bad series against the Houston Astros, but Still, someone that's been able to give you north of 20 home runs, guy that's hitting at 275, you know that he's going to be able to sort things out. And I think the big question at this point is, can Sandy Alcantara continue to do something that we haven't seen in a long time in Major League Baseball? He's won seven-plus innings in each out of his last eight starts. Guy has been an absolute workhorse for the team, and he's given up two runs or fewer in all but one of them. I should say earned runs, because there have been a couple unearned runs and he's been sort of victimized by but. He has been incredible for this team. Is at last check in very early July in terms of his odds to be able to win the Cy Young about two to three days ago. You'll find that right in the neighborhood about three to one. He was the leader there. Joe Musgrove finds himself at number two. And they're looking for a little bit of value. Tony Gonsolin right around 11 to one. He's actually been able to have himself a nice year. Now, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of fall off. But and if he continues like a buck 60 ERA, he's going to have a little bit of value moving forward on a team in the LA Dodgers that. You don't need to tell people twice to wind up giving the Dodgers a little bit of love, very much a public team, but for Alcantara has been able to come out. He's been able to do a nice job, not allowing a lot of walks. His strikeouts per nine rate is not necessarily one that is just absolutely outrageous. It's been hovering right around eight-ish. So, I mean, it's solid, but it's not one of these cases which he's going out there, he's trying to get like 20 strikeouts on a given night, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job. And for Noah Syndergaard, it's been a little bit of a rough go of it for him on the road. At home, he's been terrific. Right around about a 260 ERA. Been able to do a nice job. Be able to keep the ball in the yard. And for Syndergaard, his just swing and miss stuff this year has been way down. He has been getting fewer than six and a half strikeouts for nine innings this far this season. So that's really been a little bit of bugaboo for him. He's been coming back ever since he wound up being banged up and wound up missing. Darn near the entirety of the 2021 season did wind up missing all of the 2020 campaign. But the big thing for Thor is just being able to continue to stay locked in and trying to be able to miss barrels because his fielding independent and his ERA are darn near aligned. He's got right around a 386 ERA, but he's given up quite a bit of contact in general. I do think that that's going to be an issue for him moving forward and for the Miami Marlins. Not necessarily the world's greatest lineup, but I do like this little over because I do think that the Angels are going to be able to get to Sandy Alcantara a little bit in the spot, but... I do think that with Syndergaard, the way that he has struggled on the road, coupled with a bullpen that, call it what it is, it's been pretty darn terrible recently. I do think that you still got some value with the Miami Marlins. Heck, I'd be willing to lay a little bit north of minus 140 up to a minus 148 is pretty much my stop point on this one. And with setting my total a little bit north of seven, I'd be willing to take the seven over in this spot as well. When it comes to what we're going to be getting Late night, we're going to get Rockies and Dodgers. This is 9-11-9-12 on the betting board with the LA Dodgers trotting out there. Mitch White and Irma Marquez is going to be on the bump for the Colorado Rockies and the Rockies. They are finding themselves very significant underdogs. 
Right now here at Circa, you're finding them right around a plus 211. That is the high water mark that I'm seeing. As well as a plus 185 is what you're able to get on the Rockies. And when it comes to the Dodgers, find them anywhere between minus 230 and minus 240 on the money line. I'll just give you the run line right now because it's pretty hefty. And you know, a lot of people like taking a look at a Dodgers run line anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 on that. And total, it is 8.5. And, and I mean, for good reason. Who like the Dodgers on the run line. They've got 50 wins thus far this season. 45 of them have been by two-plus runs. And this is a Dodgers bunch that if you bet on them on the money line in every single game this season, despite the fact that you've got a relatively good record, they've won 50 games, you'd still be down north of $450 depending upon your closing numbers. It has been ridiculous what we've been seeing out of the LA Dodgers. Heck, it's as bad as, in some cases, right around $700 to $800 with regards to just betting them on the money line on any given night, and they're now 50 and 29 So that is something that you do want to be taking a look at, and it's why I always say you're betting numbers, not teams, because if you told anyone that you went 50 and 29 with regards to your handicapping record, they'd probably be like, oh, you probably own a private island right now, when in reality... Nope, I'm down money because I've just been taking the Dodgers on the money line every single night. So you always want to be taking note of that. Take the run line instead with the LA Dodgers because you're going to save yourself a whole lot of juice. Even the losses, this thing is not going to be quite as much of a thing when you wind up losing a minus 110 to a minus 115 rather than a whopper of a minus 230 to a minus 240. Because if you're someone that you lay to be able to win one unit, like by that I mean if we've got right now the LA Dodgers. Right now at DraftKings, you're finding it at a minus 230. You lay 2.3 units to try to be able to win one. Boy, even just one of those losses, they wind up really adding up if you're taking these big hefty money lines. So if you don't wind up taking anything else from this little bit of a rant, take that away. But with Mitch White, he's been able to do a okay job with the LA Dodgers. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Right around three walks per nine innings. Got right around a four ERA. A guy that's been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. You can't think that he's necessarily going to be going north of five innings. He's sort of, if you wind up going to an upscale good restaurant, he is the waiter that is trying to not spill the soup. And by and large, he hasn't spilled the soup. So congratulations to him on that. And then you take a look at Armand Marquez, and he has just been getting banged around all season long. He has made 15 starts. He's right now got an ERA of a 589. He's got a wins above a replacement that is currently negative. He has been that bad. And for Irma Marquez, to his credit, he's been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home. Then again, you really can't do much worse than a home ERA that is north of a 7. So has not necessarily been too terrific for him. 717 home ERA, 421 ERA on the road. But been a case in which he's just been giving up a whole bunch of hard contact in general. And for Irma Marquez, it's just been consistently bad thus far this season as Irma Marquez right now has a grand total of three starts in which he has allowed fewer than three runs this season. So not a guy that you're looking to trust in. The Colorado Rockies are currently in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Now, to the credit of the Colorado Rockies, it's been a little bit better recently, but I mean, even with being able to pitch a little bit better out of the bullpen recently, this is still a bunch that has right around a 3-3 ERA over the last 30 days. So it's been an issue for them. And you've got a bunch of guys like a Lucas Gobreth along with someone like a Robert Stevenson, that they just pitch so much better at home than they do on the road. And for the LA Dodgers, now you got Mookie Betts on the, back in the fold. Someone who's been able to give you 17 home runs, and you 275. When you've got Trey Turner along with Freddie Freeman, buying a inning above a 300. 
makes this offense very formidable once again. And with the Colorado Rockies, it's been very demonstrative in terms of their home and road splits. A team that's averaging a half a home run per game whenever they are on the road at home, more like 1.3 home runs per game. So that has been something that's been very stark. And with the Colorado Rockies, they always wind up having bigger home and road splits, averaging nearly six runs per game at home, just above three runs per game on the road. Cannot trust in them, even with Mitch White going on the bump. I was willing to lay up to a minus 125 on the run line with the Dodgers because they have been so good at being able to win these games by multiple runs. So I'm looking at an over personally, and I'm taking a look at Mitch White and company of the LA Dodgers. And coming up next, I wind up hitting upon a couple interleague games and a couple of National League games. How about if we wind up going back to the American League, taking a look at a big favorite and one of those top teams out there in the American League. We're going to be doing that next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight, and we're doing everything that we can to be able to find you winners on this Tuesday MLB betting board in the final segment. Going to give you guys what I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation in terms of an American League game that I do like, and we're going to be looking at a big favorite here. In the American League, giving you guys a little bit of insight into this. As how about if we wind up going 919, 920 on the bang board? The Kansas City Royals, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Houston Astros with Luis Garcia going for the Astros, as Zach Greinke is going to be on the bump for Kansas City. This is a total that wound up beginning in a lot of places at an 8.5. Right now, we're seeing DraftKings holding strong is pretty much the only 8.5 that I'm seeing out there. I'm seeing a lot of 8s with the juice on the 8 being on the over. Meanwhile, DraftKings. Right now, seeing a minus 115 juice on the under of an 8.5. And, and Astros, one of the biggest favorites that you're going to find out there on the board. Finding them anywhere between about a minus 225 to a minus 230. So if you're liking the Kansas City Royals, you're going to be able to get a good plus price of anywhere between plus 190 and plus 185. But Zach Greinke has some very demonstrative home and road splits that I do think they need to be accounted for. And for Luis Garcia, he does as well. And for Luis Garcia, it's been interesting to take a look at him the last two seasons because... Last year, he wound up having a home ERA that was sub-250 and a road ERA that was right around about a 425. And this year, we've seen a complete and utter reversal in which his home ERA is actually two points higher than his ERA on the road. Last year, he got a little bit unlucky with the deep ball when he was on the road and at home, he was a little bit fortunate. This year, it's been just the complete and utter opposite. And I think that this could be the game in which things wind up ironing out a little bit for him because you got a Kansas City Royals lineup that they don't have a lot of power in it. Bobby Wood Jr. is currently the only healthy player that has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers. They've been dealing with an injury to Salvador Perez and just don't have a lot of guys in general getting on base for this team. Guys like Nicky Lopez, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Bobby Wood Jr., Kyle Isabel, Whit Merrifield, a lot of guys hitting between about a 220 to a 235-ish, give or take a little bit. And then you've got Zach Granke who He's been really good at home, posting up about a 257 home ERA. When he's been on the road, he has been giving up rockets, as this guy is very much a pitcher contact guy. Not going to give up a lot of walks, right around one and a half to two walks for nine innings, but he winds up not being able to get a lot of swings and misses either, with right around four and a half strikeouts for nine innings, and that bears out in the numbers. In a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark in Coffin Field in Kansas City, he's given up one home run in his six starts, 214 ERA. 690 ERA on the road. 
In six starts, he has given up seven bombs across 30 innings and backed up by a bullpen that has been deplorable for this Kansas City Royals team. They wanted completely giving up the game that you wound up seeing on Monday. So you wound up taking a big plus price with the Kansas City Royals on Monday. You've got nobody but the bullpen to blame for that one. And overall this season, Kansas City Royals dead last in terms of bullpen ERA out there in the American League. The only teams that are worse are your bad National League teams like the Cincinnati Reds and Chicago Cubs. So that has not necessarily been too terrific. And the Royals have been dealing with a couple of injuries out there in the bullpen. Josh Jamon. One of their better relievers. He's currently dealing with an injury. Joel Payams been a little bit up and down for this team, so he'll need to give you some good innings. Amir Garrett. I I still don't know why anyone thinks that Amir Garrett has any value whatsoever. This guy's north of 6 ERA. And his best value has been whenever you wind up getting the benches clearing brawls, he's a guy that you don't want to mess with. I mean, that's right now his best value to the Kansas City Royals. But you do take a look at this Houston Astros lineup, and got a lot of guys at the top that are able to get on base for you as you've got Jeremy Pena, along with Jose Altuve, throwing there Kyle Tucker. These guys have all been able to hit a 260 or greater. All these guys have been able to give you double-digit amount of performers and Pena coming off of a two-home run game that you wound up seeing on Sunday against the LA Angels. He actually wound up hitting the game winner in that one. Then it's been Jordan Alvarez, who has really been putting together a nice season. North of a 400 on base, 24 home runs, has been magnificent to be able to watch him this season. Now the bottom of the fold, guys like Chaz McCormick, Odit, Jose Siri, you're able to throw in there Mauricio Dubon. The entirety of the catcher spot, they haven't necessarily been able to come up with much, but good news is the Kansas City Royals, they have been able to do a great job with regards to their offense as well. I do think that this is a relatively good spot for the Astros to be able to get a multi-run win, even though they are at home and they may not be getting those last ups. We even saw that what wound up happening in the ninth inning a few days ago where they had that walk-off home run for Jeremy Pena. So this is a spot in which finding the Astros as right around a minus 110 to a minus 115 on the run line. That does appeal to me, be able to reduce the juice, even though the Astros have had a little bit of a tough time with regards to being able to cover the run line. I think that they'll be able to do better here because even if Garcia saws his road struggles, he's backed up by a bullpen of the Houston Astros that is currently number one in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. These guys have all been magnificent. They did wind up using up Ryan Sandick yesterday, but Rafael Montero, he's going to be able to come out. He's going to be able to give you some innings. Seth Martinez has posted up right around one ERA as well for the Houston Astros. So I do like the Astros being able to win this game of multiple runs. I'm going to be taking a look at the run line. They might have saying this all at 8.3 as well. It's been an Astros team that has been the top team to the under in baseball all season long. At an 8.5, I would be liking this under. I'd personally rather have an 8.5 under rather than an 8 over. If you do have an 8, that's where I would start to take a look at an over. But that said, this is a spot in which 8.5 or higher would be taking a look at an under. And when it comes to this Houston Astros team, want to take them on the run line. And then another big favorite that we're seeing out there in the American League, that would be the Toronto Blue Jays. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Oakland A's. As we're going to have Adrian Martinez going for the A's and Yusei Kikuchi on the bump for Toronto. And this is a total that we're finding at 8. The Oakland A's there are finding themselves as a relatively sizable underdog as they're going to be for the rest of the season. Anywhere between plus 160 and plus 165. Your price on Toronto is anywhere between minus 175 and minus 190 at that total of eight. And with Oakland, it is a case in which the ballpark is just very, very pitcher friendly. I know that Josh Showers has talked about this quite a bit. You've got a lot more foul territory out there in Oakland. So a couple balls that they will be in the sands. They do wind up turning into outs. It is a case in which you also wind up having the marine layer out during nighttime games. And this is a 640 p.m. local time start. So you're going to be having that. But you say Kikuchi, 
even if the ball doesn't wind up going in play, he winds up giving up a lot of runs because of his walks. Right around five walks per nine innings. So they will get some good swings and misses. Right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings. But Guy has just been a hot mess. Giving up a lot of hard contact in general now. With the Oakland A's, they did not wind up having a single starter going into Monday's game that wound up posting up a batting average of a 239 or greater. I do think that there was a player or two that wound up getting a couple of hits that wound up being able to help out with that, but it has not been a great lineup to say the least, but you do have Seth Brown who's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but I think that most of the damage being done in this game to be able to push it over is going to be done by the Toronto Blue Jays as got George Springer, Bo Bichette, along with Liger Jr. at the top of the fold, all hitting between about a 255 to a 270. All these guys, a double-digit amount of homers. And in the case of what well, you've been able to get out of Liger Jr., 19 home runs thus far this season. And for Adrian Martinez, this guy wasn't even good at the minor league level. Now, I recognize that with the Las Vegas Aviators, they're out there in the PCL, they're out there in AAA, and they wind up playing in a lot of places in which the ball winds up flying like Albuquerque and things like that. But he wound up posting up at the minor league level a 462 ERA, 1.8 home runs per nine innings. Didn't necessarily have the world's greatest command with a little bit over three walks per nine innings. And his two starts at the big league level posted up a 630 ERA, giving up 10 hits per nine innings, nearly two home runs per nine innings. Command has been a little bit better, but he's not getting any swings and misses whatsoever. There is no reason to think that he's going to be able to lend a good start here. And one of those starts wanted coming against the Detroit Tigers as well. So, boy, not too promising there with the Oakland A's bullpen. Once again, not too promising there. They have had the worst bullpen ERA over the last 30 days in the American League. They're in the bottom three in terms of the American League in terms of total bullpen ERA. Sam Mall, A.J. Puck, they both have been able to provide a sub-three ERA. Zach Jackson along Domingo Acevedo, they're okay, but not a lot of faith in them. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, they have the second-worst bullpen ERA in the American League over the last three days, and they are in the bottom ten overall for the season. Here's the bullpen ERA. They get Trevor Richards back. Yippee, him and his six ERA can give up a couple runs for you. They've also been able to have just quite a few guys in general underachieve. Adam Simber was someone that had a relatively good start to the season. He has really regrets. Jordan Romano's been able to give you some okay innings. He's been a sneaky okay closer for this team, but you really have a pair of bullpens that they are not living up to expectations whatsoever. I do think that this is a spot in which we are going to be seeing quite a few runs. And even though you say Kikuchi has just been a little bit of a hot mess, I'm willing to take the run line of the Toronto Blue Jays in this spot because you say Kikuchi in his last start against the Tampa Bay Rays actually came out. He wanted giving up, I believe it was one run over the course of six innings was by far one of his best starts of the season, and he's pretty much going up against a triple-A club here in Oakland, and I wish I could say that jokingly, but this is an Oakland A's lineup that they are providing absolutely nothing whatsoever now. They were able to rise up. They were able to do a relatively solid job on Monday. I don't think that Lightning is going to be striking twice in this one, so I'm going to be taking a look at it and over with the Blue Jays being able to get a lot of this power and. I was willing to lay up to right around about a minus 120 with the Toronto Blue Jays. That's what we're seeing at DraftKings. Wouldn't want to lay a whole heck of a lot more on the run line considering it is Yusei Kikuchi, but I'm willing to lay a run line in the spot and I am going to be taking a look at an over as well. And we do have quite a few chalky favorites that are up in Major League Baseball and we're going to be seeing a lot of this moving forward when we do want to gain the trade deadline come to pass so we're going to give you guys in the final segment a dk nation write up on a game in which has a little bit more of a team money line so have no fear there and i'm going to take you guys through everything that i haven't yet and just everything i like in terms of the major league baseball card for this tuesday that is coming up on the final segment of the look at next right here on these and these sports betting Network. 
This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For just $19, you get everything that VSIN has to offer. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Now, until the end of July, sign up today and you'll be able to get Beeson's Daily Best Bets, including everything that Adam Burke has to offer out there on the Diamond. Plus, you get NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. And if you want the full Beeson experience, which includes a Daily Best Bets email, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and live video streaming costs is just $19. Be a subscriber now through July 31st and you're able to sign up vsin.com slash summer as it is the final segment of the lookout with myself greg peterson if you're listening to this live right around 3 45 a.m eastern time well you get three more hours of greg peterson you get to hear the replay i don't know whether to say you're welcome or i don't know whether to say i am sorry but it's probably one of those two and if you're listening to the replay well follow the money that is going to be coming up with mitch moss and paul howard right around 4 a.m pacific time 7 a.m eastern guys do an absolutely amazing job i'm sure that they've got a lot of takeaways with what we wind up seeing on the 4th of july so gonna have some fun there and how about if we wind up giving you guys what i've got with regards to my dk nation right up on the diamond for tuesday this is 9 13 9 14 on the betting board texas rangers they're going to be on the road they're going to be facing off against the baltimore orioles with austin both going for baltimore and spencer howard he's going to be on the bump for texas texas is back to being in a lot of places a slight favorite. You're finding them in between about a minus 110 and pretty much a minus 110 across the board. Meanwhile, for Baltimore, you're finding them as bad as a minus 110, as good as even money with your total 9.5. With Spencer Howard, he's building up a little bit of buzz because his last minor league appearance was a very good one. Seven scoreless settings, 11 strikeouts. It was good for him. In his last 18 starts at the big league level, he has went Four innings or fewer in every one of them. And I just cannot trust in Spencer Howard until I see it at the big league level. He has been a highly touted prospect for many, many years. And every time he winds up coming up to the big league level, he just is unable to perform. And bigger than that, whenever it looks like he's finally turned the corner, he puts together two, on very rare occasion, three good innings. Turns into a spot in which that second time through the order, he just gets completely pummeled. He has never made it to the third time of a order ever, I believe. And in the second time through an order, he has a lot of opponents hit north of a 350 off of them. And this is going to be Spencer Howard's fourth start of the season, first one ever since late April on a big league mound. And when he was out there in his first three starts, 
You want to combine six and two-thirds innings, not making it through more than three innings in any one of them. 12-15 was his ERA. He's got a career walks per nine rate that is north of five. There's just no trusting in him. Meanwhile, for Austin Voth, it is not as if this guy is going to be winding up going out there and going for a whole boatload of innings himself. He has made three starts thus far for the Baltimore Orioles. All of them have been between two and three innings, but he's been able to hold down the fort, giving up two earned runs in those three starts, and he's backed up by a bullpen that is currently number three out there in the big leagues in terms of ERA. This has been a Baltimore Orioles team that has done a great job with reclamation projects. Just take a look at their entire bullpen as you've got CNL Perez, Throwing there, Felix Batista, Dylan Perez, and Ore Lopez. All these guys have a 2.25 ERA or better. And when it comes to both, he was pitching for the Washington Nationals to begin the season. 19 appearances with the Nationals wound up having north of a 10 ERA for them. When he wound up getting to Baltimore, all of a sudden a renaissance wound up happening. He has made six total appearances for them, three of which starts. CRA is three. He's done a great job being able to lock in in terms of his command. He's done a nice job being able to miss a few more barrels. So, he has been able to really be able to turn things around. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you've got a trio of guys that do a good job of being able to get on base. Austin Ace, they're both throwing their Trey Boom Boom Mancini. And then you've also got out there a, another guy in Raul Mountcastle hitting between a 272 280. Not like they've got one guy that's going to go off and hit for 30 plus home runs this season, but you've had Mountcastle along with a few other guys be able to give the team a double digit amount of homers. Another one of those guys is Anthony Santander. 15 home runs thus far this season for him. Been pretty consistent being able to get on base. Bottom of the full with guys like Ori Mateo and company. They haven't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to get on base, but Rudan Odor in recent days has been able to give you some extra base hits. Flip side for the Texas Rangers, you do have Corey Seager being able to give you 15 home runs as far this season along with Adolis Garcia, but had a little bit of something that has been lacking with regards to the Texas Rangers team. They're just a very inconsistent offense. Now Marcus Simeon's been able to pick it up. 10 home runs over the last 35 games. For this team, Nate Lowe has been able to get on base for the team, but it's very much a feast or famine offense. And I will say this for the Texas Rangers. Bullpen has been rock solid for them. They are sixth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, but their top reliever in Brock Burke wound up throwing over 30 pitches in the team's loss in extra innings to the Baltimore Orioles yesterday. Matt Moore wound up having to get used up. And Matt Moore has actually been relatively solid out there in the bullpen for this team as well. So you've been able to get some good innings out of him. And even someone like Dennis Santana, who wound up getting used up yesterday, he's had a sub-2 ERA as well. So this is a situation where I'm going to be fading Spencer Howard in this spot. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 140 with the Baltimore Orioles. Spencer Howard, just one of my lowest-rated starting pitchers really ever. Every single time you expect something good out of Spencer Howard, you don't wind up getting it. He's a prospect that has never been able to live up to his building. I don't understand why this is going to be any different. So I'm going to be taking a look at it over because... I did think that you're going to see a whole lot of these bullpens, and even though they're very good, when you wind up having to throw as many innings as these bullpens are going to be asked to throw, typically it winds up resulting pretty disastrously, and I do think that Howard is going to be giving up quite a few runs in this one. So looking at the over on a 9.5, write-up is going to be in terms of the Orioles taking them on the money line. We're seeing this game just come up on the board as well here at Circa. A lot of places, they did not wind up having an initial number on this game because it was TBD until... We wound up seeing the game that wound up concluding on Monday. This is San Francisco Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is 909-910 on the betting board. Right now, the only place that has this game up is Circa. So if you're looking out there on the East Coast or if you're looking at other Vegas books, you're probably not going to be finding this until the a.m. And I would say right around 4.30, 5-ish a.m. Pacific time, Eastern time, 7.30, 8 o'clock, 
This game will be available for you, but San Francisco Giants against the Ears and the Diamondbacks find the Diamondbacks at a plus 144, minus 158 with Alex Wood and company for the San Francisco Giants and Tyler Gilbert. He's going to be getting the start for the underdog of Arizona. 10 is your total with the under at minus 115 juice and the over is minus 105. And very rare that I'm looking at a 10 over, but I'm going to be doing it here with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But a squad that has not been able to hit for a lot of average, but they've been able to hit for some power now. I will say this about Arizona. Nearly two-thirds of their home games have wound up going under the total line. It's because they've been doing such a better job of being able to get hard contact on the road rather than at home. They're a top-five team in terms of home runs per game on the road with a little bit over a home run and a half per game when they are on the road. At home, more like .85 home runs per game. So that's been interesting to take a look at. But Alex Wood is someone that I really don't have a lot of faith in whatsoever. It's not that he's necessarily been giving up the deep ball too much. It's not necessarily that he's just not having a lot of command and giving up a lot of walks. It's just that he's not missing barrels. He's putting the ball out in the middle of the plate, and guys are in them, and guys are in them hard. Thus far this season for Alex Wood, a 5.03 ERA. Opponents are hitting nearly a 2.80 off of him. He's been only giving up right, right around one home run and two and a half walks per nine innings. And, and the strikeouts are there, right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. That's on par with his career averages, but just been a tough slog from now. You do expect a little bit of positive progression out of him, but you do take a look at Tyler Gilbert on the flip side. And if the name sounds familiar, it's because he did wind up throwing that no hitter last season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But with Gilbert, it feels like he's been lucky whenever he's been called up to the big leagues as well. As last season, he wound up having in his big league appearances a 3-1-5 ERA compared to a fielding independent that was hovering in the neighborhood of the low fours. So he wound up getting away with quite a bit there. And then you take a look at what he's been able to do at the big league level thus far this season. He's appeared in four games, 7.88 ERA in his fielding independent. As a matter of fact, it's actually worse. He's giving up four home runs per nine innings out. I think it's fair to speculate that this is going to be coming down a little bit, but with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Sean Pop and Joe Manat Tipley, two of their most trustworthy bullpen pieces, they wound up getting used up on Monday, which means that you have to go to Mark Melanson, J.B. Wendelkin, guys that you don't necessarily have a lot of faith in in general. And for the Giants, they still just miss Buster Posey in general, not just with the bat, but in terms of what he wound up doing with this bullpen. Last year, the San Francisco Giants had the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. Thus far this season, they're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Now, guys like a Dominique Leone and company that did not wind up pitching yesterday because they wound up having to use up a bullpen game on Sunday, they're going to be available. They wound up having to use up some of their less than trustworthy bullpen pieces in the loss on Monday. So that's going to be able to help them out very much. And you don't necessarily have a San Francisco Giants team. That has a lot of power. You've got one guy in Jack Peterson who's been amazing for the team. 17 home runs, hitting right around 270, but got a lot of guys up and down the board. They've been able to hit right in that neighborhood about like a 242, 250. They've been dealing with a lot of ailments this season with guys like Evan Logoria, Tommy LaSalle, missing quite a bit of time. So I do think that those reinforcements coming into the fold, that is going to be able to help them out. And this is one of the best teams at being able to platoon righties versus lefties. And the way that Tyler Gilbert has been giving up contact, I'm going to be taking a look at a 10 over with the Giants. I was willing to lay up to a minus 151 on them. So Personally, I'm waiting to see what we wind up getting in the AM for more books before I wind up firing on that. But something that you're always able to fire in on is just great content general here at VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And follow the money. That's going to be coming up next. At Bed365, 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.